0: Gentlemen, welcome to the Friday Wrap Up with Greg Campbell, Paul Stevenson, and David Warren. Get the latest of what's going on in Ottawa when it comes to real estate, mortgages, and whatever else they want to talk about. Have a coffee, some laughs, and learn something new each Friday at 10 a.m. All
1: right, here we go. The Friday Wrap Up.
2: Yes, sir. What's up, boys? (laughs) We're here. We're
0: here, we're live.
2: Guys. No, I'm not gonna lie, I don't see the tag. Are, Are you, you kidding email me? You mailed it, but I Are don't see it in the mail.
0: I, I don't see it either, but uh, that's fine. Dude, that's fine. It, it's there.
1: It says that you're done. It says that you're oh, done. Check it again, check it again. We're, we're live. still, we're still oh, you know, is it, oh, did they oh, come? Okay, okay. There we go, baby, it we're live. It took two times. Hunting season. Everybody watching, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of technical stuff going on when we do this.
0: Thank you for, thank you for
1: your patience.
0: We're having fun. And we're not technical people. We're not technical people. You know, we hit <laughs> buttons and hope for the best. <laughs> well, I'm a
1: bit technical. What wow, that's an insult. Yeah. Anyways, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. The Friday wrap up. Wow, okay, we have 10, we have 10 viewers. Hey, it's Hanif. Always, hi boys. He says, "Hey, Hanif. have you
2: guys, uh, have you guys heard of uh, Rick Flair Fridays?"
1: Uh,
2: Woo. Woo. get the energy up, you know, get a little heat check. Yeah,
1: Woo. happy Mother F and Fridays. He says, <laughs> "God, I might have to take off my coat."
2: Um, Maybe not. Yeah, it was actually right before we came online. We were talking about uh, your friend, Mr. Martini. Yeah, I was just saying yeah. it's a pretty, pretty cool story. Uh, Greg got a podcast with um, one of his friends out west that kind of created the Van City brand, uh, and was talking about just you know his history with uh, kind of the '90s hip hop culture and um, the Beastie Boys and and mm-hmm. kind of how he's changing that and how he's had to shift online. And I was actually on their site last night looking at those dipped kicks. Yeah, um, they got some ridiculous Jordans on there, like the Jordan Ones, just some like really cool designs and. I definitely might be uh, might be getting some COVID shopping in there later Dude, today. You know what I mean? His
1: sneaker collection is is ridiculous. I remember when he used to live in uh, in the West End in Vancouver, and I'd, I'd hang out with him, go to his house. He had like it, he was in a two bedroom condo, and he would have. I think it was. I think one room was just for sh- just for shoes, or like the closets were stacked. I'm trying to remember. Anyways, it was just. And this is. I'm talking like in the 90s. Like now, I can't even imagine what what he has in there but uh yeah sneakerhead to the max martini yes
2: and the uh the fact that you uh he told the story about you chasing the guy down Hilarious. the street so much i yeah. feel and yeah <laughs> <laughs> not today so i I, today. I, I, t-
1: I totally forgot about I can't, I can't remember like the the end of that story but i remember i remember it happening jumping in my car i'm just being like let's go <laughs> mustang <got> jacked <laughs> let's go Get this, get oh this cool. No one, no one can steal from you.
2: That was the best engine sound ever.
1: Yeah, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible. Shit. So well, how's your week? How's your week been? The week's been really good, actually. You know, I, I did. Uh, well, we, we got a deal done. Yeah. Good story, actually. Let's, let's get right into that story. This is good. So, I was on, I was, I was online. I just went live a couple weeks ago saying how I love working first-time homebuyers is still my favorite thing to do. And an old friend just kind of chimed in and he's like, let's talk. So we talked, I introduced him to Paul. And um, you know, we put in an offer unconditional on a property and we were, yeah, everybody listen to this. So just to understand what still can happen in Ottawa right now, $42,000 over list price, which we thought was fair for what's going on, we lost. And then the next day, we were like, oh, kind of sad. Next day, we, we, we go back, and we're just trying to set up a search to see what, see what else is out there. We find this one that we just overlooked because it was a different style of property. We went and, went and saw it, and then we got the house a couple hours later. And now that was a, a property that was looking for offers, but we were the only ones that came in with an offer, and we got the house. So, I mean, completely unpredictable, right? Like, yeah. I mean, there's no, it, you just have to go in with a strategy, and just as long as you're smart about it, you know, you'll, you'll get the right property when the time comes.
0: Yeah, but you're, for sure. And I think, and it's, and it's not, uh, and those clients can't feel bad about missing it on that property. No. I mean, it's, uh, it's, you know, it is what it is, but also, you know, everything happens to a reason you can't press it either. Um,
1: that's it in, in the end, yeah. I think they got a better property. Like a, it's a better investment
0: for them. It's right at
1: C, it's right by CMHC, right by Mulfort hospital. Like, you know what I mean? Nice. It's close to Blair. So like the LR it, anyways, it's uh it was a very, very good buy.
2: And for that, for them too, uh, again, for anyone listening, the... You know, they're a good example of someone who thought they may not be able to buy. Right. He, you know, they were on a con- temporary contract with the government, not temporary, sorry, contract with the government. Um, and there was, you know, there are lenders that are willing to accept that sort of thing. So we were able to get an exception on that income. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a uh, every year they kind of renew it. So it's like a kind of a repetitive uh, contract, which is typical in Ottawa. But a lot of people think if they're on a contract, they can't buy a house. Right. Yeah. And that was kind of the, the case here. And we were able to turn that around. And I think they're extremely happy with the process. Um and as you said, like, I think they were, they, they didn't even, they weren't even, they didn't skip a beat even really when they lost that first one. They are just like, Dude. all right, let's go. Let's keep, let's keep rolling. So
1: it was insane. Um, like literally I, I thought I was like, ah, oh, I'm like, okay, well, we'll just, we'll start the process. And then the next day we got the house. Yeah. It was complete. It was just a completely surreal thing. You know, even he was saying that his wife is like, I'm like, did it sink in for her yet? And he's like, not really. He's like, she's still kind of in shock. <laughs> like it didn't happen, but it was, yeah. uh, anyways, it was, it was great.
0: And how many? And how many people were in on the uh, on the original property? Only, on only that two. Offer that you went, only 42. two. O- oh, only one only other. Two and it, and the
1: crow. I know, shit. right? And it still went that high. And that's what I keep telling people right now. You've got you've got two chances. You, you know, you, you submit one at basically list price, or just a little bit over, hoping that nothing else comes in. But you're always prepared to go at your max, no matter what. After that, whether there's six, whether there's two. Or one other offer. Mm. Just you know, whatever price you're comfortable losing the place at, it is what you should be yeah. going in at. And now, you know, now of course, there's all this talk of like what's going to happen in the next few months here, right? Let's talk. Let's talk about that for a minute, because I've been finding more people are, are asking about that, thinking that the market is going to crash. Like I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting 50-50 kind of mixed, mixed it, thoughts here. What do you guys think?
0: There was a uh, an article yesterday by the CBC <clears throat> talking about uh, how Ottawa will be. The is the best city in Ottawa to weather the pandemic. Amazing like Canada, Canada Canada, in Canada, COVID in Canada. Yeah, that that Ottawa is going to weather the storm the best because of how strong our high tech sector is, uh, how strong our public service sector is, and companies like Shopify, who this past week surpassed RBC as the highest valuation in Canada for companies, Insane. which is just mind. That's just mind boggling. But they're you know. You know, we're not even going to get into the valuation, company valuation side, but with that kind of growth and valuation of over a hundred billion dollars for this company uh, in Ottawa that's founded here, the growth and the number of employees that they're still ongoing hiring and building and and all that, plus the other subsidiary businesses, um, that's where C- uh, CBC was uh, was writing about us coming out of this uh, so strongly that the the real estate market um, and they were even saying will continue. Kind of that, uh, that trajectory that we're on. So
1: it's like maybe, if anything, maybe like a 10% correction at the most.
0: If, if I that. mean, we haven't seen that during COVID. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, and we're down 60% in in numbers uh, week over week, uh, and and price points have maintained flat or even increased. You know, there's been a lot of green uh, week to week. So, um, anyway. Paul, what do you what have you kind of been seeing or reading or or? Uh... Yeah,
2: well, I was just we uh, interesting yesterday talking about like the future. We were, um, you know, we, I kind of alluded to it before the show started, but uh, someone in our office was working on a project recently um, to do a, a kind of a development project, thirty units, uh, west end, kind of in the Pean area, um, kind of Carling Pinecrest area, and uh, they met with the city because some of the neighbors were were looking to. Uh, you know, just kind of had some issues with uh, potential some of the the new development, you know, but uh, long story short, the city was basically they're presenting to the city and the city told them, which was news to kind of us, that um, the city has plans for development to intensify the city by 100% in the next, uh, by 2046. So basically in the next 25 years, they want to double the population, increase population by 100% in Ottawa. Um, And I think the number, don't quote me on this, but I think he said something along the uh, like 40,000 new dwellings a year, something along those lines. It was a really big number. Um, and I believe it's today that they're deciding whether or not they want to want us to be a city that kind of grows up like Toronto did in the sense of like condos and high-rises or whether or not we want to kind of continue to develop outside the city and widen the highways and kind of go out that way. So it's interesting to see what will happen with property values, with kind of that, that intensification. Is it going to be all dense in the downtown core? Like what's going to happen now with the growth of the city? But to Dave's point, I think... Ottawa, out of all the cities in Canada, is probably one of the most insulated, you know, yeah. um, if not the most, um, because of that. I mean, even Toronto, Toronto's a lot filled with a lot of financial, mm-hmm. ba- uh, you know, bankers, things like that. And I mean, a lot of those businesses have really taken a hit during all this, right? Whereas some of the tech sectors and things like tech sectors have boomed. Shopify's boom because everyone's shopping online now during, during COVID. And those businesses are starting to grow. So, I mean, it's only making Ottawa more attractive. Um, and it's going to only increase migration to the city, I think.
1: It's so crazy. It's and you know what? What does that look like? Like, is that all new builds on fresh land in the center? Like, what does that mean? Do Do we eliminate green space, or is that like building on top of buildings, more infill? Like,
2: yeah. So so
0: I mean, I, I think infill. Yeah. Go ahead,
2: Paul. I was just gonna say, in this case, it was an old lot that has a like a burnt property on it, and the neighbors were saying, "Well, this is part of the community," and they were like complaining that they were trying to say, "Like, this is green space." Like. No, it's a decrepit old home that's burnt (laughs) out and needs to be developed. You know, everyone knows it's being developed. It's like the ideal lot for development. Like, you know, so I think people in the neighborhoods also have to be rational. Like if you own a home, you want those sorts of developments to be built because it is going to increase your property value because there's going to be more people uh, like wanting to live in that area. It's going to be a more sought-after neighborhood. Um, And, you know, I think they just have to look long-term instead of just like, the view out their window in the next two years you know
0: i I think the i think to your question greg of you know how it'll look from a development standpoint especially you know in the core of you know there isn't you know they'll they're not they definitely aren't pulling away green space it's it's a lot of you know i'll use my street for example i'm right right off preston uh you know and they a developer bought the single detached homes on the other side of my street that were decrepit uh there was an old auto garage and they've taking down all those and they're going to be building a condo where those decrepit old homes were Uh, other, you know, developments slated where parking lots are that have been underutilized and, and they could still go up, provide still uh, public parking by just going underground and building up Uh, things like that. uh, You know, from an uh, densification standpoint, that's certainly, you know, what they're, what they're looking at, at least around Preston. Yeah. And how how many
1: units is going in where you're at? Uh, I
0: think it's, 250 or 300 that's insane like you know you, yeah. you look so at that lot, a, you look yeah. at that
1: lot you just don't think that number but i mean
0: no i mean we're we're a dead end street yeah. with uh with i think nine homes on it so you know so, nine so, yeah, so homes so yeah. that
2: same infill that i was talking about they had in their plan which is funny i actually watched the video of them pitching to city yesterday that's how much time i have in my hands right. during COVID. while i'm working i'm watching uh yeah. you know uh information city
1: information yeah.
2: city planning Planning, yeah, city planning, but in uh, but they were saying like in their plans they had um, kind of stacked garages, as Dave said, and they said that we are purposely putting like less spots than there are units because we understand that that's like not the way of the future. That the LRT is here, people can walk, the bike paths, like they're they're building them, they're purpose built yes. for future planning, you know. And and developers, it's good to see them thinking of those things because um, that's what's going to continue to to increase the values of homes in Ottawa and drive people to want to live here if they know that they're they're planning properly, and the city is taking the proper steps to make sure that we can actually accommodate that intensification in the next 25 years, you know?
1: Well, tell me what you guys think about this. So the building that Claridge is putting up where the Metro is on Rideau Street and George, or Cumberland and George, yeah, Cumberland, George, Rideau. Uh, yep. So that was originally planned for three towers. And in the biggest tower, I think it was going to be 250 uh, hotel rooms. But now they totally, they just wiped the plan, and now they're putting in more more condos like mm-hmm. f- residential so like wh- what do you like what do you think think of that like it i mean i guess that goes hand in hand with what we're talking about here now they need more space for people to live as opposed for people to stay visiting the city but i mean we're a pretty yeah. big tourist city though too
0: yeah so uh, i see it maybe from a fr- from a mortgage standpoint from a financing standpoint uh buildings that are uh hotel condos so you know you have the one where the saint G- saint Germain hotel, yeah. uh, is, the the new hotel and and condo above, hotel condos are very hard to finance. There's not many uh, banks that will finance uh, hotel condos. Um, They're very few, they're harder to finance. So I think it's potentially that they're looking at it of number one, uh, you know, they don't want to take on the risk, maybe of that of that hotel, those hotel rooms, or their partner for that hotel space, has maybe shifted uh, because of COVID or whatever. I mean, how long ago did they change their plan?
1: I just saw it post in the Ottawa Business Journal the other day. Like they're just they're doing the application now. It's not even
0: approved. So it could have been that with COVID, that you know the hotel chains are gotcha. taking okay. a massive hit. That maybe they're saying, you know, the Marriott or or whoever, Hyatt is saying, you know, we can't fund this anymore. Our revenues are down scrapped that plan, but also maybe that they've looked at their other, the other hotel condos and realized how hard it is to finance uh, for the buyers to finance those, those units and get mortgages on them. Um, It certainly creates a problem when we've like, we've done a few units in that, uh, in that hotel condo. Right, you know to what I'm talking about—the yeah. Saint Germain Hotel. Yeah, yeah. It's, I forget what intersection it is uh, downtown. Daly, but,
1: uh, Daly, and Nicholson. Yeah, Nicholson.
0: Daly. We, uh, uh, we did, uh, uh, we did, Daly. 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 We did
2: get a client on Daly. Yeah?
0: yeah, it oh, was yeah. very, it was, it was, it was extremely hard to to get banks to bite on that. So you know, it's uh, it limits the buyer's options as well.
1: Interesting.
2: Uh, and they had a lot of trouble registering with the city too. That was delayed almost a year, I think, oh, over a year. That one was delayed yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fun times. That's another thing. That's
1: another good, good comment for, uh, that people need to know, or I mean, some, most, most realtors know this. I think that you know, if, if you do a new build condo, depending on the way that the builder has it set up, you don't get paid until the condo is registered, which could be, if it takes two years to build the condo, it could take another year, a year and a half to register the condo. So you might not be getting paid well, we for also, three and a half
0: years. Yeah. And we, and we don't register a mortgage. Until the condo it's court is right. registered, so it's nothing. It's so, just like during that period, they have like that rental period. Yeah. Like they have that rental period that they move in. The occupancy fees.
1: Well, the occupancy. Yeah, because they,
0: yeah. they move in, they think that they're you know now putting a mortgage on or they own the property. Like no, you're renting it from the from the builder yeah. for this period of time. And and yeah, we can lock lock a rate in right now, but. Until you know when that condo corp is being registered, that approval we have and that rate lock is becomes uh, kind of useless. That's a, a lot
1: of times. that's a good um, point of discussion for another time. The uh, the occupancy fee, occupancy date, occupancy fee, possession. I mean, um, and then closing on new build condos. I, that's a whole. I mean,
2: so Sarah uh, Sarah just posted saying that registration requires 70% percent occupancy. occupancy building. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah thanks sarah so i mean and, the, and then there's de- and then there's delays with the city as well you know um for even registering this you know covid does you know let's say covid for instance for registering condo the condo corps registering with the city slow you know it's been slowed down etc um yeah there's a lot that goes in and and it certainly becomes a uh, uh you've got to jump through hoops you know we we've i got a notice today that a closing that should have been three months ago, a condo corp that should have been registered three months ago didn't, uh, and we just got notice that the builder said, "Yeah, we're closing June first now." Condo corp's registered, um, and you know we got 14 days to resurrect this expired approval um, on this micro condo that was, you know. Like impossible to finance, anyways. There's another right. type of condo that's hard to finance, is the 300 square <laughs> foot condos. Um, Murphy but, bed uh, the door. Yeah. We got Murphy two the Door and a litter box. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but uh, hey, hey, he's got, he's getting good rents on it. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, so, uh,
2: all kidding aside, we had a friend that was in Toronto that had, I think, like a 600 square foot condo ten years ago, and we couldn't believe we're like, what? Like we'd never even heard of that, right? In Ottawa, it seems so tiny. And now looking back, it's like. was a perfect use of space like he had his own bedroom little office area washroom like if they're designed properly you really don't need much space i'm saying this in jest obviously you know there
1: there was this guy i I don't know if you've seen this um this new show i think it's called home it's on apple tv um Mm, no it's called home i watched it sorry
2: so the one streaming service I don't have. is. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, anyways, it's, uh, it, it's a show. They're half-hour episodes where it's um, just very unique homes throughout the world and the story of the people that build them. And there's this guy in Hong Kong. He's an architect, and he's been living, like, it's been his family. It's his family po- uh, condo for, like, I think 30 years or something, silly like that. And he kept it, and he still lives in it. But it's basically, I think it was 300 and... I think it was 350, but the way that he designed it is that everything moves. So it's like you move things to make another room. So he's got like these giant walls that you just move the whole thing back and then you walk around and then he like folds, like and then he opens up his sink and then he pulls out a table. And the guy, wow. yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's it's That's really, so cool. really cool. and And he's got the whole thing polished. So like the building looks like this kind of decrepit old condo in Hong Kong. And when it zooms in on the building, all the windows are the same and shit. And then he's got this amazing, like full, <laughs> full floor to ceiling window and then when you get inside it looks like a spaceship it's in it's insane awesome. you, you gotta see it i can't remember the guy's name but it, very very cool it's yeah yeah I i'll i will share person. that because it's uh it's the coolest use of space like of that type of space i've ever seen like yeah it's
0: it's mind-blowing it's mind-blowing it's it, that's something you know to that point with that that architect that builder or the guy that owns that um ottawa doesn't have like Furniture stores and stuff like that that are suited for micro condos or small spaces, where like Toronto and some of these more dense, you know, you go to New York or some of these denser populations and small, where there's smaller condos, the use of space is so ingenious for some of this yeah. furniture that transforms like a couch into a table with like that sits yeah. now 10 uh, you know and, and and things like that that is, is pretty neat when you can actually you know you see some of it like that guy in Hong Kong it's probably it's probably a 300 square foot condo but he's got everything in there yeah. and uh, and everything's just popping out of every which way and, and he's able to like house probably it's multiple insane. people in he's there he's got like yeah and they yeah. show
1: th- th- they, sh- they go through clips of like what each room is and they show the thing and it's like one comes up guest room and what it is is he has a hammock hanging between like one of his walls that he moved and the other one. It's like guest room. Like yes. He's he's behind with a wall in his in his Murphy bed. Have you seen, I'm being, uh, I'm being very, movie. I'm being very dynamic with my hands this morning. Okay. Hey,
0: I mean it's helping me visualize it, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like going back to your buddy there. Yes, yeah, so uh, the
1: Tom Green's like, post. Tom oh oh nice. man, that was yeah. that shit killed me. I, I watched it again be last be same, night.
2: Talking with your hands, yeah. hey.
1: Everyone will be talking with their hands. They'll be like, you remember the guy that was talking with his hands, and then all of a sudden, you know, it'll be twenty years later, and then someone's gonna go like this and be like, hey man, like uh, when did we stop talking with our hands? And the anyways. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's something um, else you gotta see. Maybe I'll, I'm gonna start putting posts of all. I'll, I'll po- post the home thing. I'll post Tom's vlog. Anyways, this is this is great.
2: Um, to that point about small living spaces, I know a couple years ago, all the rage was like coach houses. Have yeah. you seen, I've seen a couple, like you're kind of driving down the city and you're, you you know, you might be walking down the street and you look in a yard and then randomly there's a random coach house. I'm just wondering in your kind of duties around the city, uh, have you seen many coach houses never. or is that?
1: Uh, I've never seen one. Um, yeah. I've never no. seen one at any property I've shown ever. I think, yeah,
2: I,
0: I, 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 I thought for really... a while
1: that it was going to start popping up a lot and then it just never yeah. did.
0: I think you really only see them in, uh, for the most part, like Glebe has a couple and like really, like really downtown, like the and very few between, far and few between. But like you said, I I definitely thought they were going to pop up way more when you change rules with the city, allowing them and things like that.
2: Especially with Airbnb, I think the Airbnb probably had a, sorry, I'm just reporting my coffee here. That Airbnb restriction might have had a bit of a, because I think people, when you build that, you're like, oh, this is a perfect Airbnb. little Airbnb in, uh, in the Glebe or Hindenburg or something like that, right? Um, and I guess that's technically, I don't know if that's considered your primary home, if it's on your lot.
0: I think you can still rent that out. I'm not sure, though. Um, anyways, I don't know.
1: Coach houses, another
0: topic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, Hanif, what's a coach house? A coach house would be a small uh, property that you build on your own property. <laughs> Did I just say that right? It would be, you would basically build a like a separate structure, you would build a separate structure, an elaborate shed with like accommodations to live. <laughs> so you'd have like, you'd have like a room, a yeah. bathroom, a little kitchen and you can rent it out.
0: So instead of being instead of being like a uh, an apartment within your house, you've got a lot and you build a separate, a separate secondary dwelling. Uh, you know, but its own independent property, almost on your lot. Uh, there you go, Paul. Yeah, uh, thanks, Paul. There you
2: go. Yeah, you know, I just found the first article, and it's actually like a neighbor complaining about coach houses. <laughs> <laughs> of
1: course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, exactly. It's like a like an in- inha suite, pool house. Exactly. You guys yeah, are great. Uh, thanks for chiming in. A, a pimped-out <laughs> pool house. Pimped-out pool
0: house. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, <laughs> I want to get into something a little bit different here. I, I was just uh, I was watching this video this morning, uh, and I was a little upset that they didn't go in depth into more cities in Ottawa. But it was a thing that Vice did, and they were talking about what you can get across Canada for five hundred thousand dollars. So in Vancouver, in Vancouver, you can get a house that's five five hundred and forty. No need my glasses, 504, need my need my readers. Your readers, need my, your readers? Need my, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, I am older now, I need my readers. So you can get uh, 500, 540 square feet for 500,000 in Vancouver. Uh, that's quite small, obviously, and that's like, you can get single homes like that. Calgary, $500,000 gets you a 3,700 square foot home just slightly outside the city, like a monster house. Like I, who, who would even buy that? Um, Anyways, I don't see the purpose in that. Uh, Toronto will get you uh, like in the city again, 650 square feet. St. John's 3000 square feet, pretty much in the city, which is, which is decent. Uh, You know, in Ottawa, you know, in the suburbs, that's going to get you about 2000 right now. The 2000, like anywhere from 18 to 2200, I think, depending on what's Mm -hmm. in in the space. yeah, I just thought that was a really interesting stat because that's, that's that's a lot of money, half a million dollars. And it's like, you know, and they were saying, the, it started because they're saying the average millennial makes $44,000 a year. So on their own, they can qualify for a top of what? Like they, they were saying 324,000. Does that seem about accurate to you guys? Or 40,000? Maybe,
0: maybe if it's a couple. If it's a couple, maybe I'm a sorry. Couple, if it's a couple. Like a household income, a household income of like 90,000, I yeah. guess. Yeah, it'd be like 320. So yeah. quick, and, quick and dirty math, if you have no debt, um, it's four, you could four and a half times your income, household income is what you would qualify for. So, right. you know, you or, you know, even quicker, you can go nine, you know, you can go four times quicker than, you know, thirty 360 year. Okay. Qualifying okay. For, basically. I like, I like quick uh, and dirty
2: math, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Quick and dirty. So, so yeah.
0: So that so that's right in yeah that's right in the. Uh, just to be clear. I was based part. my
2: math on eighty thousand a year just so no one thinks I can't do math. <laughs> I, I like your math too, Paul. Eighty thousand a year. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's uh, uh, okay. Well, I mean, that's good for people to know, but that's that's insane. So it's like you got an eighty thousand household income. You can't even. You can't yeah. buy a half a million dollar home. But I mean, at the same time, why why do you need to buy a half a million dollar home?
2: Yeah. I, I don't what, mean, what, isn't, what's the average sale price in Ottawa? Isn't it around five hundred
1: right it's
2: now? 550 Five sixty. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Ottawa, basically Ottawa is the perfect market, is what you're saying. It's a you know it's average, it's what you can afford. It's a you know two thousand dollars perfect size home. You know, everyone should be migrating to Ottawa, is what you're saying.
1: And then the prices will go up even more. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, actually, Sarah, Sarah Potter, we all know that I do the math. Nice one, Sarah. <laughs> Touche. <laughs>
2: Yeah, David and I do the down and dirty math quickly, and uh, yeah, Sarah does the, the, the complex real math. math. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, interesting. Um, no, I don't want to. I don't want to turn it to negative, but it's important that people uh, kind of pay attention to this because uh, there's going to be a couple wrist slaps. But we had a, a call with our. We had a kind of a team team meeting every Thursday on Zoom, um, and uh, we had a one of our lenders chime in this week, and he was just saying they were surprised. Their back office was surprised to see. Um, the amount of applications kind of people when they're confirming their income they're seeing their full salaried deposit and then a subsequent SERB deposit in their like on their bank record so like people that are clearly getting their full income are also
0: still applying for, CERB, still applying like for advantage. CERB,
2: which is yeah. preposterous you know so so i just I, I don't think i mean people you have to voluntarily request this they've been like very transparent so like i don't know how these people assume that they're going to not have to pay this back hopefully with some sort of penalty but uh it's just interesting he was surprised to be like how are people not like how are people still just taking advantage of the system you know like um, and the worst part is that i think in in a year or two years when we reflect on this the money's all gone right like the money's being distributed now and when we look back on it on hindsight it's going to be gone and hopefully those people that that took advantage are going to have to pay that back you know and
0: uh, back with interest, but I mean, as we keep, you know, 7.7.7 7. 7 million people are getting SERB right now, and to your point, there's a huge percentage of people that should not be getting it or should, don't need it, and it needs that money needs to be repaid, whether it's them getting caught or taxes going yeah. up or whatever. It's like know?
1: it's like just a way to get a to get an easy loan. <laughs> I need a loan. Yeah, CERB.
2: But like you have to go into your account. I need a boat for the summer.
0: I need a <laughs> boat for the summer. Let's uh, let's let's get that serve money. I'm just gonna put it in a
1: TFSA and move it around. Yeah. A little stock, <laughs> stock trading. TFSA serve.
0: Can't cite this here. The world's going yeah, those
2: crazy. People, those, people, those people are actually laughing, being like, "Oh, these guys are silly. I've doubled my money in the market. I'll just pay it back with interest." Eh? Right. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Loophole. Um, yeah, but that was You heard it that was here
1: first. Hard. This didn't happen. It
2: to see and you just never, like, those sorts of things are, like, we haven't directly seen that, but it's interesting to hear a lender on their back end that they've seen that yeah. many times.
0: And to be clear, they canceled the file immediately and said, oh, yeah. we're not doing your mortgage. Like, you clearly, like, you know, you're fraudulently claiming this CERB. Why would we knowingly do a mortgage for somebody that's fraudulently... Right. Uh, you know, collecting money. It's or, like, what or, else is you know, fraudulent
1: whatnot. on the document? I got a question yeah. here from uh, from the glorious Ricky Skakem. Let's check it out. So he's asking if, uh, you know, is that four times your gross income or net for what you qualify gross. for? Gross. Gross.
0: income. Yeah. yeah. And that's
2: assuming no debts oh, at all. So every time you have a car loan, uh, like a $300 payment every month, that's $300 that you could have put towards the mortgage that is now being deducted off your pre-approval amount because you have to now allot that $300 to your car every month instead of to your house. So every time you have a monthly obligation, uh, whether it be a credit card, a car loan, a student loan, um, a support payment, all those things can basically, not a support payment, but I'm saying anything that basically is a, is a yeah. obligation, financial obligation monthly, those all lower your pre approval amount.
0: And, and and not just a car loan, car leases. People think that leases don't apply because they could, you know, in their mind, return it, but you're actually in a contract for X period of time, that is a monthly obligation that you're on the hook for. So somebody wants to go get a baller truck, you know, $100,000 truck for $1,000 a month, go ahead. But, you know, that's being factored into to everything. Um, so that's something that I find that people don't really uh, realize. And, and like Paul said too, uh, but support, support and al- alimony and support payments, they come into play too. So if somebody has like child support, alimony, those all come into play uh, if if there are any. So. Yes. And think
2: about it. Like when we when we're looking at when we're looking at qualifying, if you're going out shopping with Greg and you want to know like well, what am I going to qualify for? Four and a half to five is like four four to four and a half is kind of a good rule of thumb. But when we're looking at it on the back end, like we're basically looking at the total amount you make every year, and then we look at that on a on an annual basis of how many like what do you have to pay on a monthly basis? So if you pay two hundred dollars a month that's 2400 a year off of your income that is now being basically dedicated to something else. So your mm-hmm. income may start at 50 but by the time you made all your payments it's actually down at 30, 35 mm-hmm. because of all the monthly obligations you have. So now we're really qualifying you on that 35 as opposed to 50, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so these are things that are worthwhile and it's always worthwhile before you go out and buy that car, you know, you get a new job, you're excited, you've been there a year. Uh, you know, you want to get that $800. Well, I'm making four grand a month, $800 a month. I got 800 for my rent. That leaves me with uh, lots of money for groceries and stuff. I'm gonna get that, like Dave said, that, uh, you know, uh, 400 horsepower, uh, you know. GNC jet- Denali.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's, uh,
2: yeah, uh.
0: yeah, you know what? If you're, if by and large, if you're shopping for a home or thinking about buying a home, uh, in the next year, two years, keep driving your beat up, crappy car. Yeah, the Jalop. Just wait. Yeah, just drive the Jalop until you bought a house then go get whatever car right. you want. Just close the house first and then go lease whatever you want.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's another thing. You, I, this is so common. And, uh, you know, I, a few other brokers I talked to, they say, they say the same thing where it's like, you know, the people that buy the house, they close in two months, and then two weeks before closing, they go out and get a $50,000 car loan. <laughs> and, lenders, and then uh, they, the lenders, lenders will be like, "No, we're not closing with that." Like, are you crazy? Yeah, lenders
2: will pull credit like a week or two before closing to see if they've done anything like that. It's insane. And, yeah, yeah.
1: And that didn't, um, that didn't that happen to someone we worked with Paul and you had to restructure the car or oh yeah, that that deal here. that deal never happened, but you had it set up so that we could restructure the loan into the mortgage or something. Like you did something no, no, amazing. No, we had a,
2: a third party company that would basically do like a refinance of a car loan. It's not just like a company oh, that we know. To
1: a amount, okay. To lower the
2: payment. Amazing. lower the, Amazing. Lower the amortization. So they then qualified. But uh, yeah, pretty wild. That's creative. <laughs> and those just, you know, you can't prepare for that, obviously. But uh, but yeah, to Dave's point, like I am I know people are, like we were talking about Mr. Martini, it's a sneakerhead. I know people are car people. Yeah. For me, it's like I have a, a decent, moderate car. But like I would rather have a house that I love and actually own it and drive around a Jalop, then have like, you know, a 2020 brand new car and, and rent for the next 10 years. You know, it just, to me, it's a, it's a short term, not even a pain really, but you know, it's a, you just got to pick your poisons, I guess, and figure out where you want yeah, exactly. to allocate your money. People just don't have the, sometimes you just don't have the foresight. They just want to get the car and then they'll get the car and they just don't know of it. So that's why we're trying to educate on the steps and maybe wait till after, buy anything you want after you buy the house, that's you know? It.
0: <laughs> That's it. Get the, Ferrari, get the Ferrari after you bought the house. That's it. Yeah. That's all we care about. Just, yeah. we don't
1: care what your payment is after you close. That's it. Just close. It'll make everyone <laughs> it happier. David Tucker, uh, what about having multiple income properties? Absolutely. Good on ya. Are you. Are you, yeah. Dave, are you asking the question of like, what, a, like you just want to have multiple income properties or you're just wondering how to qualify for multiple income properties? Just because we've been going all over the place here.
2: Well, maybe he's talking about debt load with
1: yeah like what do you need to qualify Is are you talking about qualifying for that or just you just want us to talk about
2: let's David, David let's bring him in
1: <laughs> that'd be hilarious actually I, I wish yeah you know what there's probably something on here that i can do that with i just haven't played with it yet anyways another time
2: in- you're a bit delayed so i'll have to give it a second just to pop up but uh either way yeah so and if he was saying take the take the money invest take the money investment and then repay it back when you get caught you make money off the investment we all know it'll be a slap on the wrist yeah. uh, no advice here we are not advising no. that it's yeah
0: that. Um, it's a public show looking for a third so so david's so david tuckers looking for okay. a third property so on the qualify so whenever somebody's looking to buy let's say they you know you have your primary residence you're looking to buy a rental property whether it's your first second third um what we do on our side is we look at the rents, the rental income that that property could generate, whether there's a lease in place or not, Um, and we take that rent, let's just say $2,000 a month for easy numbers, we're able to use a portion of that $2,000 to help offset the expenses with that property, um, which, which helps you then be able to the same, you're making the same income, you've already servicing that same debt, but it allows us to help offset that new purchase, which allows you to increase, you know, and, and be able to afford that second property, third property, et cetera. Um, we're not able to use, the banks don't use 100% of that rent because they do factor in, you know, pro, you know uh, what a property manager might take, mm-hmm. you know, what vacancies expenses. are like in the, you know, uh, expenses mm-hmm. on the property, et cetera. So they do use a subset of that, that, uh, that total rents, but we're able to effectively use that future rent to help offset your qualifying for that that next property. And again, that would apply, whether it's your second rental, your third, your fourth, your 10th, you know, whatever it may be, it's the same process.
1: Um, and, uh, Sean Darmody jumping in here. Uh, I agree, but if you need money, it's amazing that lenders will give you way more money than you can afford. That's an interesting, uh, conversation piece. Cause it's, it's true. Like some people can get, they get approved so high. And they don't—they don't want to, and you know they don't want the payment. But what do you guys? How do you guys feel about that? Like, but it's—it's it's, it's all just—it's all just numbers, right? It's—it's it's all just numbers. It's like we'll do this based on what you've given us, and then you just make the decisions. Don't be an idiot,
0: right? Yeah, there. I mean, really, there's 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 um, thresholds for income to debt ratios. So somebody might you know want to buy at three hundred thousand, but qualify at seven hundred. That's just a personal choice of budgeting you know they just you know some people want to go to their max because what they qualify for you know is maybe a little bit lesser and they're hoping to get in a certain area where schools are or you know be closer to work and that area is just more expensive and they're you know hitting more of their max whereas somebody that maybe you know they have a high household income but they don't want to spend that every month and you know everyone it's personal choice at that point you know you're still qualifying based on your income to those certain debt debt thresholds
2: and we always tell people like if someone comes in and we always ask up front like what is the ultimate goal like what's kind of your what's your hope with the pre-approval uh and one of the big factors with pre-approvals is how much they have saved for down payment or how much they have available for down payment whether it's coming from a gift or rsps or whatever it is um so there's many things and we might just we always tell people we're going to tell you what your ceiling limit is like what your maximum buying power is kind of give them an idea as to what that monthly payment looks like and then they can go back and look at their budget and say okay well i'm comfortable with a 1400 a month payment so if we qualify you for say 500,000 and the payment's going to be 1800, well then you need to be shopping more in the 400 for 10 range, you know? So, so we basically give them as much info as we can basically saying like, this is what your profile qualifies for. You can now basically, you know, speak with your spouse or your partner, or whatever it is, or uh, and make a decision as to how you want to approach the buying process. But really it's powerful to know what you qualify for. So you're not, you know, I had a, I had a client this week. I think I mentioned this to you, Greg, I was actually hoping to, to get him off to you, but he calls me uh, kind of in a panic, had already been turned down by his bank, by another broker. He bought a new bill closing in July with no real estate agent, no pre-approval, 25-year-old on a contract, um, like just like, <laughs> believe it, you know, so we're working, to, we're working, we're working towards a solution and I, uh, you know, I think we're going to get uh, his aunt on board, but it's just like, these things happen, you know, like people just don't have any idea what their qualification is or what they qualify for and they just. They just wow. want to get that house yeah. and just go out and do it. So I like, also- I like doers, but uh, sometimes it bites yeah. you in the butt. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's, there's, also, there's also a big difference. Like some people just pull the trigger because they look at, okay, I have X amount of dollars coming in, but that's not necessarily what the banks will use for qualifying. You know, they use typically what's reported for income and all this. And so if you have a business, you know, you're self-employed, let's say and you're only reporting a portion of what your what you're actually bringing in and there's cash portion to that sure you're bringing in cash and that's great and you can afford to take those trips and can afford those higher you know that car payment and those monthly expenses but from what the banks qualify you on it's it's provable income mm-hmm. so you might have other resource streams or you might be planning to rent out a room to a roommate but the banks won't you know not all banks there's there's some these are you know alternative banks that will use that rental that income from a, you know, renting out a room, but your TDs of the world aren't going to say, oh, you're going to have Jim Bob renting a room from you for $500. We're going to include that to your, you know, to your income. They don't. They look at what you make. So every situation is different. Everyone's level of affordability is different. And like Sarah said, you know, in the comments there, affordability is, is, is subjective. I mean, you might, one person might have one kid or no kids, and that one person might have six kids and they've got tons of activities and tons of groceries. And, you know, those aren't factored into qualifying for a mortgage. Um, so, you know, affordability also is just budget driven.
2: And also, the, the rules did change a couple years ago where now, you know, even though you might be getting a rate of 234 or 254 or 274, whatever it is. We're qualifying you at a much higher rate. So there is a bit of a threshold there. So previously, we would have qualified for maybe, you know, 800,000. You may now only qualify for, say, six or 650 because of those kind of restrictions that the government has placed. Now they've loosened them up slightly lately. um, But, you know, over the last couple of years, they've definitely tightened that up and the rules have changed a lot where it it limited people's buying power by, in some cases, like 30, 40% of what they previously qualified for, so um, so they are putting measures in there to make sure people aren't buying outside their means, but yeah. it also comes down to personal accountability. You got to know what you're comfortable paying, and that's why I was saying, like, you got to kind of do reverse math and say, okay, what monthly payment am I comfortable with, including property taxes, expenses, utilities, et cetera, and then buy in that range. Don't just buy 600 because that's what your your salary qualifies you for, you know, or your your down payment qualifies you for. like take that information and buy something that you are comfortable with and that you know is not going to have you eating, you know, Mr. noodles for the next 10 years, you know.
0: Yeah, you need groceries and you need gas in your car or that transit pass. Like don't uh, don't forget you need to eat and get around and get to that job.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man, I mean but- people, yeah, anyways. Everybody's got everybody's got a different way of doing things, but the the approval process is uh, like we say all the time is the first thing you need to do. Don't do anything <laughs> before you do that, or else you're gonna no. be in for big surprises yeah.
0: <laughs> of many like, kinds. Yeah, get get pre-approved and and do and beyond the pre-approval, like you know, do your own budget too. Yeah. Like what is that, you know? Like like uh, Sean just said, he was pre-approved for eight hundred thousand. But at 350, where you're eating crap dinner for a while, so you know you've got other expenses beyond what that mortgage is. Like you know, so what you qualify for isn't necessarily what you should be buying at. Like Paul was saying, so get pre-approved, then look at your own other expenses and your and what you're comfortable paying, and buy within your means. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we don't. Nobody wants to see anyone uh, defaulting on their mortgage or getting getting strapped. So. That's what we always, uh, we always tell people. Get, get that pre-approval in place for sure, and then, lo- and then also look at your budget.
1: That's it. Okay, boys, I, got, yeah. um, I have one other thing I just wanted to touch on here. This has been a great show, I got to say. Agreed. Um, I thought this was interesting. Cowork. 52.9% of people who have started working, at co- like working from home, sorry, remotely, co-working and remotely, uh, sorry, working from home since COVID, are, are trying to stay that way, are trying to make sure that their business uh, or their uh, company they work for allows them to stay at home. They say they're more productive, way less stress, and um, they just they want to stay that way. Like That's half of the people that have been working remotely since this all happened. Twitter announced that they are now, it's permanent, that anyone can work from anywhere, no one has to come into the office, anyone that works for Twitter. Um, and, you know, I know CMHC has already been doing it for a while in Canada, and mm-hmm, the government's mm-hmm. starting to allow it, which is going to be interesting to see how many of their the government buildings actually change or transform into something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah we
2: talked about that a few weeks ago. That, that's my… I'm very interested in that. I yeah. want to see what they do with that. Create some, uh, some community gardens and all those commercial… Right. Uh, Government buildings, hey, feed all the people, let's go, government, let's go. (laughs) Yes.
0: I, I I think those statistics of who enjoys working from home or want to remain working from home, it'll be interesting to revisit those same people in nine months from now sure. that have been doing that yeah. for a year because you know it's only been two months and everything's yeah. rosy at two months that you love being in your sweats and being able to wake up grab a coffee and 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 you know hit the table but over a year how productive were you? Yeah. How did you actually enjoy it of your kid yelling in your, your ear that for that entire year not just that two month period? We should follow um, someone
1: we should find someone <laughs> and, and have someone video them for one year. All <laughs> the, like, uh, the ups and downs.
2: I heard uh, a really interesting uh, i was listening to a podcast this week with uh, james clear who wrote the book atomic habits which i've read Ec- awesome book uh actually forced me to create some habits it just makes you I kind am- of reflect i on actually
1: it. just got the audiobook
2: awesome yeah. so good uh so he was on a podcast with uh, sam harris who some of the listeners may know as well and they were just ha- sam asked him basically what he saw the differences between like good habits and bad habits were and it was an interesting response he said that Um, bad habits are those that in the short term seem to have no negative effects, but in the long term, they're really detrimental. Like having a cigarette, a cigarette outside with a buddy, you know, you're getting the social aspect. It probably won't actually have any negative health effects in the short term. But if you do that for a year, you're going to be probably pretty fucked, you know, but on the flip side, if you go to the gym for three weeks trying to lose weight, you see no immediate like it, you basically feel like you're spinning your wheels but then a year down the road you look back and you're way further ahead so it's like th- that's what he basically demonstrates. like a good habit and, the, and a bad habit is that good in the short term seems like it's doing nothing but long term pays off and to dave's point like those people that are happy now in a year from now those habits that maybe getting up and being lazy and playing games and watching movies like that's going to catch up to them eventually yeah. so that short-term happiness may not and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're forming good habits as well, but it'll be interesting to see a year down the road where they are and what-, what It'd be a good case study.
1: There should be, you know what, there could literally be a, an amazing reality show about that. Getting people for one yeah. year, they get like 20 people and just seeing like a year of working, That's that'd be a very expensive
0: show to produce,
1: but it would be a very cool show to see.
0: I, yeah, I, I mean, maybe some of the people that are watching or listening that are, you know, feeling that way or would fall in that category of, you know, wanting to work from home Ongoing, It'd be interesting to see what, you know, each month, you know, how, give them, getting a rating scale and getting them up every month to kind of update that. It'd be, even yeah. that would be yeah, interesting, yeah, yeah. right? Like, um, just to, to oh. see what they're yeah, like what their personal experience has been and, and whether it's wearing on them or whether they're enjoying it still. and
2: wrap up page. Just post your personal experiences. I
1: swear, yeah. I swear yeah, to yeah. God, let's, let's produce this show. I'm all in. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, well, like I have well, time. To that point, we, to that point though, we got, some, we got mugs coming.
1: We got mugs coming. Yeah, there's going to be mugs soon. We and, mugs and we're going to, um, anywhere that's been watching the show, we're going to contact you directly and we're going to get your address and ship you a mug. So, uh, everybody, yeah, you, you if can, you
2: uh, want a mug, basically post in the comments, I want a mug and we will find a way to get it to you. we'll, we'll message you privately on Facebook and we'll fire it yeah. out to you.
1: Hold on. Let's catch up on some uh, questions hey. here. This is getting crazy. Sorry, Dave, go
0: ahead. I was going to say Hanif is definitely getting a mug. Oh, same with Ricky. I'll say yeah, that yeah. much. And,
1: <laughs> uh, and David Tucker too. So Shout this is, this is a good one from Tucker. Will you have a tax advisor come on your show as a guest to provide tax solutions? I think that's great. Yeah, I think that's yeah, great. Think we'll look into that. Suggestion. We'll look into that. Yeah, Ricky, this show is dope as, yeah, it is. I know it is. I want a mug. We got lots of
2: them. All right, we'll get those mugs out for sure.
1: Um, Sean, let's see. Let's let's just read this question quick. If you have eighty k plus, you can get high quality financial advisors. But if you don't have enough to invest, you're in the scrutiny of a lower financial advisor. Dude shows up in a Honda Civic as opposed to going into a proper office.
2: Yeah, but eventually the guy in the Honda Civic's got a nice house. He's just
1: financially he's, financially <laughs> he's very wise.
2: On, you
1: know? That's you know, an inter- I, interesting
0: I, comment. Interesting know, comment. I, I would I would actually to that to Paul's point, I would to, I would definitely talk to that guy in the in the jalop and find out what he's investing in, what, what his focus is and what his strategy is. Because just because you're driving a twenty twenty, you know, friggin' like CLK or whatever Mercedes is putting out that week, uh, doesn't mean you're successful.
2: A lot, of, a lot of real estate agents in the city driving uh, Benzes that are doing one transaction uh, yeah. a year.
1: I have a friend who, uh, he's a multimillionaire and he still drives a 90s Honda Civic that looks like shit. It's it's the most hilarious every time I see him, I'm just like he's like he's like, Hey Greg, what's going on? I'm just like, dude, I'm like, you are still the most amazing human. And he He probably only wears white
0: and he probably just wears beat up jeans and a white t shirt and
1: it's 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 collared shirt, jeans, vans. (laughs) The guy's like uh, a superstar professional. It's uh it's amazing. I love it. It's so Uh, refreshing to see that
2: worth noting as well for everyone listening that um we do have after today we will you'll be able to find all the episodes on uh, spotify itunes podcast uh oh, yeah. youtube be distributing it across all platforms this episode as well as all the ones we've done in the last uh, month and a half um so definitely tune in follow us as well just so that you'll be able to get all the content there if you're driving and you can't watch the show live at least you can kind of tune in afterwards and still get all the good the good juicy content you know
1: yeah, it's going to be, uh, yeah, the first one, the first episode was up, and I'm going to get all these up uh, probably today. So we're just going to be right on point, right on track, so you guys can listen to the audio over and over and over again, because I know you want to hear us <laughs> over and over and over again, and again and again. Over and, and over. And over. over. And over. I've, got one, I've got one last comment here. I mean, uh, I, I think, you know, let's just keep going. This is great. Eric, Eric Schmidt is some uh, Silicon Valley billionaire.
0: He, he founded uh, Google. Was he not oh. the former? He was the founder or don't, former don't CEO? Don't know. Of Google? All, all
1: I read was Silicon yeah. Valley billionaire Eric Schmidt predicts yeah. predicts that after this we'll actually need more office space and bigger spaces because of social distancing. Because there's going to uh. because people will not be um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Oh wow, brain freeze. Um Getting together, just getting crammed up. There's another word I'm looking for. I can't find it. Oh, yeah. My mind Congregate? is out of here. I'm done. Congregate. So, Congregate. Thank I- you, Paul. Congregate.
0: A uh, CIBC's top economist, I watched him speak uh, last week, uh, he did a webinar, and he said the same thing. So, he doesn't actually think, he doesn't predict in Canada at least, uh, that office space will go vacant. That it'll actually mean that companies will need more space because they'll have their workers come back, but they'll need more space instead of it being cubicles or crammed in spaces or even now work open work environments where you've got tables that people are working side okay. by side. Uh, that instead it'll actually need more office space for these these companies, and that it uh, it'll right now everything is fine for you know for their space confines, but that it will actually grow and and the requirements will be larger. That's interesting. So, uh, but on the retail, or you know, restaurants and retail and that sort of commercial will be a different story. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, Benjamin Tall was saying uh, that's it, that same sentiment. I think it'll be interesting to see. Um, we'll see it, and like, and you know what, transpires.
1: we'll be talking about it right here on the Friday wrap-up. <laughs> All
2: right, you guys ready for the uh, the mood boost? Because I got some good ones today.
0: Tim, Tim sent you an email this morning.
2: He did. did, I, I, told did
0: him, Timmy,
2: I told him, Timmy week, get on it." I told him last <laughs> night, and I just shit on him last week on the show, and he was—he uh, <laughs> said he would make sure that he got them to me bright and early today, and they're they're bangers. So <laughs> get ready. All right. Um, first one. I got three. Okay. A Buddhist. A Buddhist walked into a bagel store and said, "Make me one with everything."
1: <laughs>
0: wow i've got nothing okay uh, yeah <laughs> no Make- wow oh, it's, oh no it's great i mean it's funny uh Next, keep did you
2: hear about the fungus and algae who took a lichen to each other
1: yeah i like that one <laughs> i, I like in that one
2: i've got some bad news i've got some bad news their marriage is on the rocks <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that the pentagon was supposed to be an octagon Contractor kept cutting corners. <laughs> That's good for real for
1: estate. For the win. That's for the win. That one for the win. That was great. I got a. I just got a comment here from uh, Jasmine. She's been a flex in a flex arrangement for uh, three years, working home ninety percent of the time pre-COVID, a hundred percent since. Motivation hasn't dipped. Just my hours are super super flex. Sometimes working at six a.m., sometimes eleven p.m. Whatever works on that specific day. Balancing all the health and wellness. Yeah, See, so that's that's interesting, that. as long as you get the job done, right? That's it.
2: Mean, for me, as someone, uh, as someone who has, uh, you know, suffered from uh, depression and whatnot, I think honestly having this time to balance the kids, uh, exercising, gardening, working, groceries, like just being able to manage the day properly without uh, the kind of day-to-day expectations that everyone holds for you has actually been quite uh, freeing, I find, and, and to her point, it's... Uh, like I, I mean, I've never felt better. As you as you said, I was messaging you guys this morning at like seven thirty, just electric. I like couldn't wait to get on the show. I was
1: ready
2: to <laughs> yeah. see everyone and hear everyone. So it's uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's been great. I think it'll. I think people after this will find a really, like a more comfortable balance. You know, yeah. they're not going to be as pedal to the metal, and we'll find a good balance. Oh
0: yeah, it, it, it's all personal. It's personal too, right? Very- like some people. Some people aren't able to work from home. Some people need that structure. Some people need yeah. that office space to go and create structure. You know, people, everyone, everyone ticks differently. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's, it'll definitely be interesting to see how how that uh, how that transforms. Sorry, Greg.
1: I just, I, man, I, I think I'm just done. I think I'm just done. All right, I'm done. Friday um, wrap up. Wrap like it up. It. Wrap it up. <laughs> have a have a great week and weekend, everybody. And I guess we'll oh, we'll okay. see you next happy time. Victoria Day. Long weekend. Happy, happy Victoria Day weekend. Oh, and guess what? Next Thursday, guess what it is? Your birthday. It's my birthday, so we'll be celebrating on Friday. Maybe um, maybe we'll have the mugs by then, and we'll have something secret in the mugs.
0: You know what? I, I like ride back. Ride back. It might be a little groggy in the morning on Friday. Maybe <laughs> we'll see.
2: My, uh, fun fact: My mom's birthday is actually May 24th, and I was talking to her the other day, just saying that Victoria Day weekend never falls on the 24th. She says her whole life, she's never once had her birthday off. Her birthday is on Victoria Day. Not once has it ever fallen on her birthday. Like they just—it's always the weekend before Victoria Day, which makes zero sense. <laughs> Victoria Day is on a on a weekend yeah, this year.
1: That's amazing
2: you know
1: so who knows who knows okay well victoria day here we all come
2: right. got the real estate down eh? what's that at least the government's got the real estate side yeah, it it's down. Got, yeah
1: it's got yeah that's it all
2: right have a great all weekend right. all right love you everybody bye see you next friday
0: bye. the friday wrap-up brought to you by blue panda realty orleans and referral mortgages podcast recording and editing
1: courtesy big stuff productions